I'm glad that you're on with us today. I want to share some more things about the grace of God. In the last few episodes, we've been talking about God's grace and various aspects of it. <clears throat> today, I want to continue that thought about a passage of Scripture, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, talks about how the grace of God teaches us some things. It teaches us not to do some things, and it teaches us to do some other things. When individuals talk a great deal and really emphasize the grace of God, other people that are not as perhaps informed as much sometimes take a a dim view of that teaching about grace. Particularly if they're conservative Christians, they sometimes think that those that are preaching grace are also trying to lead people to universalism. Well, I don't believe that's the case. I know certainly in our case that isn't right. But what we're trying to do is emphasize the grace of God so that you and I can see that everything in our life has been touched by God's grace. The fact that we are existing, we're living on planet Earth, is because of the grace of God. Every lost person, every person without Christ, Every person that knows Jesus Christ as their Lord is a recipient of God's grace because God has created this world and He has put it into existence in such a way that we can inhabit planet Earth. And because of that, that's His grace. That's His love, His mercy. His grace emanates out of His love. And so wherever you see something that God has done, then you will find the grace of God is expressed out of that love toward us. So that's the reason that we're looking at this uh, passage, and uh, we want to see what you and I can learn from it and how we can live more perfectly in the grace of God. Before we get to it, though, I want to get to a couple of other passages. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, say this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should live or walk in them. Now you see in this passage that every evangelical believes that you have been saved by grace, and the avenue is faith. And it's a gift of God. That is, the salvation is a gift of God, not of works, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, now notice this, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should live in them. Now let's go to another passage, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty or freedom. Do not use your liberty or freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You see, Grace does require some human response. If you want to be totally obedient to God, then what the grace of God provides and uh, God gives towards you and me requires a response to receive it accordingly and to live the life that He would have us live. Now let's move on to the Titus 2 passage. Titus 2:11 and 12 says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Now, let's kind of go phrase by phrase through these two verses and kind of get a better understanding of what we're talking about. So he says, grace teaches us. See, lots of times we just look at grace from our perspective as the recipient of it and say, thank God we have God's grace and then just want to continue on and live as we choose. Well, we are a recipient of God's grace, as I've just said. But not only that, we find that grace teaches us. Grace is a teacher. When it says teaches, it means he instructs, discipline, child training, educate. All of those words help define what he is saying here by teaching. The grace of God instructs us. It disciplines us. It educates us that God has a plan and purpose. God has not given his grace and love toward us just indiscriminately without a reason for doing so. He has given us his grace so that we will respond to him, his lordship, and our life as a result of that will be lived in the most perfect way to be a complete uh, recipient of all that God has for us. See, we oftentimes only understand a small portion of what God is doing in our lives because we don't always see things the same way that He does. Our vision is very much limited. But God is trying to teach us something, and His grace does it as well. His grace teaches us to deny, which means to reject or refuse. The grace and love of God says do this or don't do this other thing. God's grace teaches us to deny ungodliness, anything that is not like God. The grace of God teaches us to reject that. We should reject lust. Lust is something that has been forbidden, such as the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, as 1 John two fifteen to 17 says. The grace of God then teaches us to do something positively. Live soberly, which means to be sensible or of a sound mind. Lots of us don't do that. Teaches us to live righteously. Live according to what is righteous or in right standing before God. Teaches us to live godly, God-like lives. And it teaches us to do this in this present age meaning that it is doable for today. Too many of us Christians put off to heaven what some of the things we're supposed to be living in today. Well, you know, in this sweet by and by, we're going to have all of these wonderful things. Well, if you're a child of God, that's absolutely true. But there's many of those things that we put off to heaven that we can be living down here. Now, today, it's doable in this present life. See, lots of times we don't realize that we can be living in victory now. We can be living totally in the victory of God that He has for us. Now, we'll be far from perfect. We have perfect standing before God, but we don't always execute God's plan and will perfectly. And as a result of that, then we've got some imperfections in our behavior, some flaws, we would say. But God, but God wants us to live in everything that He's provided for us today. 
Let me give you another scripture that kind of backs all of this up. Found in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24, Paul wrote this to the churches, church in Ephesus and to the churches of today. Paul said this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to to work all ungodliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man who grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man who was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Notice, these Ephesian Christians and us Oftentimes, after we've made Jesus Savior and Lord, have still acted and continue to act according to the flesh. He calls it old man in this translation. The old man or the flesh is simply areas of our life that we've not submitted to Jesus' Lordship as of yet. We should submit them, but we haven't yet. And as a result of that, we've continued to live that way. There's a phrase I'd like to interject here. And that it's uh, very descriptive, I believe, of a lot of things. Know this. Behavior follows identity. For example, if you think you're just an old sinner saved by grace, and it's okay to goof up and foul up and sin and so on, if that's your identity, if that's the way you see yourself, you will excuse yourself to do those things. But if you identify with the finished work of Jesus on the cross, that you are in fact born again, totally forgiven, and salvation is yours and is working in your life today, you identify as a believer, an overcomer through what Jesus purchased on the cross. If that's your identity, then you will hold yourself to that status or that accountability. See, behavior follows identity. Too many Christians of today identify as just still just a sinner. Yes, they were saved by grace. If anybody's born again, like we read in Ephesians, if anybody's born again, it's because of the grace of God. But you see, God's grace, when we receive it and make Jesus as our personal Lord, then we should now identify as that person, as a born-again new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. See, you should identify not as an old sinner anymore. You were an old sinner. Now you're a saint. Now you're a child of God. Now you're an overcomer. So let's identify with that new person. And if we do, then grace, that grace that we have received, that we are receiving, and we will continue to receive, then that grace will work continuously in our life. Friend, the grace of God teaches us, teaches us to obey God. It teaches us to walk with God. It teaches us to do what the Word of God says, follow the leadership and the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Our time is gone for today. We'll be back later in the week. 
God bless you. You have a great day today.